When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We just finished up another great weekend of virtual clinics. You should check those out. They're still available for replay. Some great speakers there from Pennsylvania, highlighted by Jamie Chadwell, James Franklin, Rod Carey, a number of assistants from the Penn State, Temple, and Pitt staffs. Also, great coaches from the small college level throughout PA and some great high school coaches as well. And then the Lone Star Clinic was just power-packed with an incredible lineup. Check out both of those. Still available for replay, lonestar.coachesclinic.com and psfca.coachesclinic.com. We also have the Iowa Coaches Clinic coming at ifbca.coachesclinic.com. That one is highlighted by Kirk Ferentz, head coach at Iowa, Matt Campbell, head coach at Iowa State, as well as members of their coaching staff. Again, check that out at ifbca.coachesclinic.com. That one is February 27th and 28th. Lastly, I'll save the date for you. May 14th and 15th, we'll be bringing you the virtual cool clinic. Coaches of Offensive Line, also known as the Mushroom Society. Uh, this one's been going on for a long time now, but it features Joe Gilbert, offensive line coach from the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dante Skarnecchia from the New England Patriots, and Stenovich from the Green Bay Packers, Bobby Johnson from the Buffalo Bills, Greg Stadrara from Ohio State, Jeff Quinn from Notre Dame, Herb Hand now at Charlotte, Alex Mirabal from Oregon, and then, of course, the NFL offensive line greats, Bob Wiley, Jim McNally, and Paul Alexander. We will also include a session from future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and a session with Pro Football Focus. It's going to be a great one. We'll have that website up for you soon. Uh, it will be at cool.coachesclinic.com. That website is not live yet, but it will be soon. That brings us to today's podcast. In today's episode, we continue with our research and development for your offense, and we focus on personnel at the beginning of this series, but we will get into strategy and taking a look at what systems, schemes, even play calling strategies will work best with your personnel. We're going to focus today on the offensive tackle position. The last part of this was on the interior lineman. You can find the link for that as well as two blogs that go along with it include video. 
on coachandcoordinator.com. The whole idea is that we want to match personnel with scheme. And when we're looking at the offensive tackle, the primary difference between them and the interior alignment of the centers and guards is the length and athleticism required of the offensive tackle position to block lighter, faster athletes. In looking at building an offensive line and placing available personnel, it's valid to think strength and size on the inside and length and athleticism on the outside. Of course, we pointed out that all of your athletes may not fit into a perfect profile, and that's where decision-making on scheme and development comes into play. While athletes will fit across a continuum of skills, from big and strong to long and athletic, it's easy to look at the two extremes to begin to determine what schemes they best fit into. As we pointed out before, Stronger and bigger linemen are better suited for a downhill run game that relies on vertical displacement of defenders that dent the defense. Schemes like inside zone and duo work best for these type of linemen. The more athletic linemen who may be undersized may be better in plays that focus on horizontal displacement like the outside zone. Clearly, it would be presumptive to assume that any single offense will have only one particular kind of lineman. That's where you want to start to look at how do you utilize these different types of linemen together. So let's just look at one scenario to give you the thought process as you start to approach how do I place my linemen and what fits best as I have these guys working together. So in this scenario, we're looking at that athletic interior lineman. Maybe he's a little bit undersized and he has that stronger and bigger tackle next to him. Maybe not that ideal, you know, long athletic guy. Uh, that you'd like to see on the edge who can handle, you know, reach block. Uh, But maybe, again, you have that more of a downhill guy from your tackle and somebody who's athletic, but maybe not as long as you'd like, so you don't want to put him on the outside. So in this scenario, having that bigger guy to double team or down block becomes a more viable option. That's where a decision to run pin and pull may be more advantageous than trying to run a stretch play. And then that coupled with a downhill run game That allows for double teams with the smaller athletic interior lineman and the bigger tackle as the quote-unquote drive man may become a better option. So let's look at an example where we're utilizing a power scheme that's called to a three technique. Against an overfront in this example, the guard is the postman. If he has no immediate threat in his inside gap, he's responsible for posting the down lineman to his outside gap. The objective is to get vertical displacement of the down lineman by driving him upfield at the point of attack. Now, for him, that doesn't mean that he's responsible for that solely. In fact, what we would do in this situation is take that bigger offensive tackle and really give him the responsibility of becoming the drive man, the guy who is going to be responsible for the vertical displacement. The guard really becomes responsible for the setup of the double team. And he wants to get into that guy quickly so that the drive man can come in, get hip to hip with him, and they together can take him upfield. Now, the guard then immediately has eyes to that backside linebacker. And really, in any scheme, the farther you can create space between where you're taking that vertical double team and where that second player is coming from, uh, in this case, let's say it's a backside linebacker, uh, maybe over... Uh, the offensive guard, or just slightly outside the offensive guard in a 30 technique, 
he's displaced now from where we're taking this double team upfield, and that's advantageous for us. So really, the only situation where that guard will have to utilize uh, a single block is if on his own, on this defender, the three technique is if that guy comes across his face into the A-gap. Now, that's okay when you think about what is this uh, offensive lineman best at, that interior, more athletic guy, is displacement. And now you can use movement against that defender, right? It's the defender now who wants to stay in that gap that we're going to need a little bit more help with, that bigger offensive tackle. So the eyes of that postman or that guard are immediately to the backside linebacker, and he knows exactly where he needs to come off in this situation. We talk to him all the time, and we teach this block of really defending a line. So if you took a line and drove it straight up that down defender who's in the three technique, we don't want to come off of that block until that line is really threatened there, and now he becomes part of the blocking scheme, right? It's, it's something where we still want to take time and get that vertical displacement, even though that's not his primary responsibility. He's, he has the gap inside of him, which in this case would be the backside linebacker. That's the guy we're looking at based on the blocking scheme. So in this situation, the offensive tackle is the drive man. His objective is to drive the defender who's in his inside gap vertically with the postman. Eventually, he'll take this block over on his own, and the only time he'll come off the block is if that down lineman plays into the inside gap of the postman, which we just mentioned. We want the drive man to be aggressive in his block and really have the mentality that he's going to get into the defender and drive him downfield. He should take pride in being able to drive that defender in his gap off the ball and off the line of scrimmage. In his mind, the guard is setting him up and straightening up the defender so that the drive man can come in aggressively, finish the block, and get the vertical displacement needed for the success of the play. When you take a look at setting up assignments this way, the skill set of each lineman is maximized. The bigger and stronger offensive tackle is responsible for the vertical displacement, and the smaller athletic guard is using his quickness to set up the block while being responsible for level two, where he's better matched physically. This approach does take some organization of your thought process and game planning and play calling, and we'll get into this aspect later in the series. Finally, when you're looking at this and you do have that less mobile tackle, you have to have some consideration for pass protection. So you want to look at scheme that maybe helps him with a back or a tight end, either chipping or assisting. Those kinds of things would be useful. So that's something, again, you want to match the scheme and what you're doing to the personnel. If you know you have that particular guy who's going to need help when you have to drop back, that's a consideration. So when we're looking at offensive tackles, we want to go to the beginning and start with stance. Offensive tackles should have a high football IQ in order to read pressure and make adjustments. And one thing that can help with that is the identification using a two-point stance, having that guy up where he can see things better. It's something that Bryant offensive line coach Steve Siasi coaches up. He really believes in the two-point stance. And in the blog that accompanies this, he talks about all those things and points those out. But why the two-point stance? Well, number one, you have vision in seeing the box. You can see the safeties. Safeties have become such a big part of, of run fit. When you can understand, possibly, that that safety is displaced or inside the hash and he's probably rolling down, etc., 
right? That coverage cell actually starts to help the offensive linemen in doing their jobs. It's easy to communicate assignments, see defensive pressures, and change their calls if necessary. In an up-tempo offense, it's already a, you know, you're already in a position on the snap. You don't have to worry about illegal motions or shifts or getting his hand in the ground. He can adjust his split, and he can look to the sideline. So if, if you are in a look situation, you know, being able to adjust your splits for certain things is useful. You take the old Jim McNally coaching point. Man in the gap, there is no gap. Meaning, anytime they had a double team and you we're talking about that deuce block situation, I know that's one where we had our tackle in a two-point stance and he was able to adjust down when he knew he was going to get that block and put himself in a more advantageous position. You can't do that when hand is in the dirt. Whether you have a guy who is ideal in this situation and is very athletic and long, or maybe you have that guy who's disadvantaged, not quite as long and as athletic you want to be, when you start him in the two-point stance, you're really putting him in a more natural position. He can sit in his chair. He can have his hands already in attack position, being ready in a strike position. It's more advantageous for him to be able to do some of the things that he needs to do. Again, check out coachingcoordinator.com slash blog to find the video that goes along with that. The biggest thing when we're looking at this, too, is, is we want to place a premium on development. When we're talking about these different line types we have, we still have to develop them. We still have to make them fit into the scheme better by placing a premium on development. So while the body type may not fit that profile as a coach, you still have to develop the skill set that's effective in your offense. And so let's take a look at a few of those different things. Protecting the edges, big part of an offensive tackle. At some point, you're going to have to pass. Uh, maybe you have a situation where you can use more play-action pass, where you can use more aggressive sets with that guy maybe who is not as athletic uh, even the guys who are very athletic sometimes have to face somebody across from them who's just a, more of an athlete. So you have to develop things. So let's look, take a look at the hands. Um, when we're thinking of that, uh, one big thing that I don't think has been talked about enough as I, I see it in clinics and in uh, different resources is independent hands. And I know we've had recently uh, Coach Alan Rudolph on the podcast, and he put together – a course on CoachTube that goes over exactly all of these things. So why independent hands? Well, Coach points out that it helps prevent overcommitting, right? You think about this, it causes the head to follow the hands. If you are throwing both hands at the same time all the time, there's that tendency uh, be, that that head is going to get involved, especially with those younger linemen who are learning how to control their bodies. Another reason to use independent hand is it allows the same power as two hands but the offensive lineman has the ability to choose when to use one or two. It gives him different punch techniques that best attack pass rushers' moves, and it helps keep his hips square and play longer. Even that offensive lineman, maybe who is not as ideally as long as we like, can become longer by playing with independent hands. One arm is longer than two. If you don't understand what I mean, take your arm and put it out in front of you, stand by a wall, all right, put that at arm's length and reach out with both arms. Now, be able to turn your shoulders and work with the one arm. One arm is longer than two when we're talking about the punch. 
Again, you can see the short video I've put together from Coach Rudolph on coachandcoordinator.com slash blogs and the accompanying article that goes with this podcast. Posture is another thing you want to work. All right, We talk about all the time keeping the head back, being able to load the hips for guys. And you know, one way that we've seen this trained quite a bit, offensive line coaches love those big padded med balls as a way to train this. And it's really, those are good for the offseason. You're going to find them in your weight room a lot of times. These guys can work all year long on training things with their punch and posture. And I put together a short video clip from Arthur Ray, uh, who is the offensive line coach at Northwood University. He did play a little bit in the NFL, and he shows how they utilize this in his clinic video. Pass sets. Another thing to think about is what kind of pass set are you going to use? And those can be matched with techniques as well. And uh, these are usually uh, delineated in a different type of way. You hear a lot of coaches talking about these as A sets, B sets, or C sets. Your A set being that aggressive lateral set at about a 20-degree angle, right? Again, you're not giving up a lot of space. Uh, You're not creating a situation with your guy maybe who's not as athletic of having to um, take a guy on in space because he's set more vertically. So an aggressive set might be better for that bigger guy who's not uh, as athletic as his feet as you'd like him to be. You know, basic set about 45 degrees, and then the vertical set as well. And they each have a place, but you can match those sets with your lineman as well and try to put them in a more advantageous situation by using the right type of set. John Strollo talks about utilizing hands and feet and punch in a clinic video he put together called Fundamentals of Acceleration in Football. And in it, he says, in close quarters where momentum is limited, it's harder to move big guys. Long arms and legs give you top speed and reach, but cost quickness and mechanical advantage. You can't move as much weight. By bending your arms and legs, you gain quickness and enjoy a mechanical advantage so you can move more weight. We call this playing condensed. This advantage comes at the cost of reach, so you must develop some specific skills similar to boxing to prevent a long-arm defender from locking you out. You must always maintain firm contact with the ground. You can't move yourself or your opponent if your feet are slipping. Again, putting together drills where you're working your footwork are so important in developing your offensive linemen. And there's a lot of things you can do, but remember, you have to be efficient with your time. Having Kyle Flood on a couple of uh, virtual clinics, as well as is here on the podcast before, he's talked several times about a lot of their drills. They're just going to get one or two reps, and then they move on to the next thing, and they count on that cumulative effect of the reps. But at the heart of it all is those things have to translate to game day. It's something that Steve Siasi talked about in putting together one of his clinic videos uh, and the different drills that they use. And so he shares his drill philosophy here. Again, so important to the development of our offensive linemen. So number one, feet before hands. Then individual work. Combo drills, half line, full group. You want to practice what you'll rep on game day and cross-train techniques as much as possible. For example, the gallop for double teams and down blocks on the pin and pull. You want to find those situations where you can talk about using the same technique, for example, on a deuce block, 
as you would on a backside B block, something that Alan Rudolph and I talked about here recently. Run game footwork is so important. One technique that I really liked in some of the virtual clinics comes from Brian Callahan, who's the offensive line coach at Minnesota, and he teaches us by utilizing foot targets. Uh, There's a video that illustrates this and exactly what that looks like in the blog. And lastly, you want to think about how do you train the hips. Uh, We talk all the time about that idea of use your hips. And I had the, the privilege of working with Scott Peters, who's now the assistant offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns. They just graded out as the number one run and pass blocking team in 2020 on Pro Football Focus. It's a key component using the hips that they have figured out, I believe, in a way that is is better than anybody else in how they use their hips. And they talk about some things uh, like force deflection, a concept and a philosophy that they use in order to create displacement. I've seen firsthand how their techniques work to move bigger linemen with smaller guys. Uh, But you're going to want to check out that video on the blog as well. I include a couple other videos in there, one from Jim McNally teaching the tackle pull. Uh, I have a video from Bob Wiley and Brian Balding where they're talking about the most important thing being production, and they, they're analyzing Joe Thomas's stance. And one from a friend of mine, Tony Niemeyer, offensive line coach at State St. Thomas University in Florida. It's a startup program. Tony's been a part of building offensive lines at two colleges that were startups and another one that uh, they basically had to go back to ground zero to put it together. Uh, Some great resources there, short videos that are on the blog. So to sum up today, after identifying the different skill sets amongst your offensive linemen and placing him in positions, the schemes should follow. Personnel always needs to be the first determinant in what you're going to run. Scheme comes next. Understand what you have. Understand what you're starting with. Take a look into your depth, right? Because your depth may work differently as well. And that's where you're going to have to find those pieces that are nearly the same so that what you're doing with one group, a guy can be plugged into that scheme if needed. Again, the first two installments of this cover both the skill sets and the schemes that may fit. Remember, there's the development component, as I've mentioned, and it's going to make a big difference over the course of this next year for you start that development now in the weight room there's a lot of things you can do as a coach and a lot of drills that I highlighted in the videos that go along with this podcast that you can utilize in the weight room right now I highly recommend everything that uh, Scott Peters is doing at tip of the spear that one really is designed to be year-round training for your offensive lineman that's at tip of the spear football.com Again, having a sound starting point that best matches your players will help them build confidence as they continue to learn and grow in other areas of offensive line play. We'll take a look at the tight ends next. Uh, We definitely have seen a trend towards the use of more and more tight ends into 11 personnel almost becoming the base for many offenses now. 12 personnel, uh, the use of fullbacks in 21 personnel along with the tight end. Etc. We're going to take a look at those positions next as we continue through this research and development for your offense. And again, after we look at all the positions, we're going to talk about strategy and how you put together all your different packages. Things need to work together. And that's the challenge for us as coaches at this time of the year. 
what are we going to do with all this information we're taking in in, in the uh, virtual clinics, uh, in the different videos that we watch, etc.? We have to put something together with our players in mind first, which is the whole point. We're going to start with players, and we're going to build from there. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. And again, find all the show notes and accompanying articles at coachandcoordinator.com.